before we end 2023, we're going to get into the word together and just ask the Lord's blessing upon this time. So you're welcome to go with me here to Revelation 21. And this message is entitled, No More Night. And we have been going through a series here called The Light of the World. We're talking about Jesus. And uh, week one, we talked about how Jesus was in the beginning. He has always existed. He's eternal. And uh, he's our creator. He created all things. And uh, he is this eternal light. And this light came into this dark world And then in week two, we talked about seeing the light, how we can go from spiritual blindness to being able to receive the salvation through the light of Christ. We looked at the Apostle Paul and his testimony of how he came to know the Lord, even though he was in opposition to Jesus and the gospel, and he was breathing murderous threats at those who would follow Jesus Christ. God touched his life, transformed his life, and he became the Apostle Paul, and God used him in a mighty way. And then we walked through what it means to be lighthearted, that when you receive Christ in your life, you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord, and we're to live as children of light. And so we walk as folks who have been redeemed by the light of Christ. And then last week, we talked about letting our lights shine, if you remember that. And then Christmas Eve evening, we, we looked at um, what it means to come to the light and how this judgment that Jesus came. He came to pay the penalty and the price for your sin. And um, so today we're wrapping it up here and understanding that Jesus is eternal and he's the light. You'll see what this looks like for our future. But before we begin, let's take a moment to pray and ask the Lord's blessing upon our time here together. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this series and the time we've spent in your word. Lord, gleaning from what it is that you've given us here. And Lord, as we desire to to grow in Christ here today, to hear your voice, I'm asking for your blessing, for your grace upon this time as we dig into the word together. And Father, I thank you for 2023 and and Lord, the many ways in which you have ministered to our hearts and lives. And, And Lord, here we are, the final service of the year, and we're just asking for a special blessing upon this time, Lord. May your spirit help us to do the reflecting and the responding. And we ask your grace now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So the verse for the week, we'll have that on the screen here just to kick things off. Okay. It says, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it. For the glory of God gives it light. And the Lamb is its lamp. Now, we're talking about a city that is going to be coming to fruition in the future. So let's take a moment to talk about what this city is. The Bible speaks of this in Revelation 21, and it's this city called the New Jerusalem. Okay, you know Jerusalem exists today in Israel, but in the future, God's going to create a new heaven, new earth, and there's going to be a city called the New Jerusalem that will come down from the sky, and this city is massive. It's 1,400 miles wide and 1,400 miles long and 1,400 miles tall. And just to give you an idea, you see a map here of the United States 
Can you imagine a city that large? That is quite a space. Now, I don't know if that's where New Jerusalem's going to land when it comes to this earth, but that gives you an idea of how massive this city is. And when you think it's 1,400 miles wide, long, and high, just for perspective here today, let's just take a look at the Hubble Space Telescope, which orbits at a height of 326 miles. So just, you know, add on a few more of those distances. That is how high this city is. And you're like, whoa, right? I mean, that's amazing. That's incredible. That city is huge. It's massive. And the Bible says there won't be need for sun or moon because the lamb is going to be the lamp of this city. It's going to light it up. And who's the lamb? It's Jesus. And so we get a picture here of this as the city's being described in Revelation 21. And then the Apostle John, who's having this vision, this revelation from Jesus, he begins to describe this starting in verse 22 of Revelation 21. He says, I saw no temple in the city, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. And the city does, it says, the city has no need for sun or moon, for the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb is its lamp. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of day, because there is no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. And nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry or dishonesty, but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Then the angel showed me a river with the water of life, clear as crystal. Now we're in chapter 22 here. It flowed down the center of the main street, and on each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. The leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. No longer will there be a curse upon anything, for the throne of God and the Lamb will be there, and his servants will worship him, and they will see his face, and his name will be written on their foreheads. And there will be no night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign forever and ever. Then the angel said to me, everything you have heard and seen is trustworthy and true. The Lord God, who inspires his prophets, has sent his angel to tell his servants what will happen soon. Look, I am coming soon. So blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy that are written in this book. So let's unpack some of this here. Some of the things that pop out to me in this passage, one of which is that the only people who are allowed to be in this city and experiencing these blessings from God are those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. How do you get your name there? You put your faith in Jesus Christ to be your Lord and Savior, and when you do so, your name will be written in the Lamb's book of life. The Lamb's book of life. This is Jesus' book of life. Those who have put their faith in Christ. Jesus himself said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. He says, in my Father's house there are many rooms. 
If it were not so, I would not have told you. And I'm going there to prepare a place for you so that you will be with me where I am. So he's going there. He's going to prepare a place. And then he says, and you know the place, the way in which I am going. And the disciple Thomas says, Lord, we don't know the way. How can we know the way? And Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So the only way that you can make it into the Lamb's book of life is through Jesus Christ. Jesus himself was very clear about this. This isn't some sort of Pastor Russ rules of, of you know, future, uh, eternal life. Or I mean, this is what Jesus said, and I'm declaring that to you today. Your name must be written in the Lamb's book of life in order to live in this city called the New Jerusalem. Another thing I want to point out is that as this is kind of rolling along here, again, we see this verse 5 of chapter 22, there will be no night there. So this has been emphasized a couple of times. And to, to just, in our mind, try to think of it, what would it be like if there was no more night? And I know you can go to certain places here in our world where it's like daylight all the time. But it's daylight because the sun continues to shine. But can you imagine no sun, no moon, and there's still light? I mean, that's hard for us to comprehend. And you know what? It's been this way before. And so I want now, stay with me in Revelation 22, but just flip all the way to the beginning of your Bibles, to Genesis chapter 1. We're going to the creation account, and on the screen you'll see six days and different things that God was creating and bringing into existence. And I want to point this out. It's like, how could this be? There's light before there's the sun and, and the moon and all that. And I'll just point this out here. Day one, God says, let there be light. And there was light. And God called it good. This light separated the darkness. You know, there was evening, there was morning, the first day. And so we look at this, and it's not until day four do we see things like the stars and the sun and the moon. And the Bible says that God would, would cause the greater light to govern the day, that being the sun, and the, the lesser light to govern the night, that would be the moon. Wait a second. We've got day one, and we don't get to the sun and moon until day four. And I know that there's a variety of interpretations when it comes to this particular uh, section of Scripture. Some people think, well, the, the, the sun did exist on day one, and uh, it was just, you know, God uh, took the sun and then put it in its place on day four. Um, there's a variety of interpretations uh, when it comes to this. My personal interpretation is this is the manifested glory of God on day one. I want to be clear. It's not like God the Father said, I'm going to create Jesus on day one. That's not what happened. Because Jesus is eternal. He's always existed. And creation came forth through Jesus. And so on day one when we say let there be light, it's my personal view here that this is God's glory being manifested on day one. And there is no sun. There is no moon. And so I think as this is developing here at the beginning and we see what things are going to be like at the very end, 
when this new Jerusalem comes down from the sky and we get to spend eternity with our creator, Jesus, who will let his light shine and he will light up our eternity. It's powerful to think about. Even the prophet Isaiah saw this in Isaiah 60 Verses 19 through 20, it says, The sun will no more be your light by day, nor will the brightness of the moon shine on you. For the Lord will be your everlasting light, and your God will be your glory. Your sun will never set again, and your moon will wane no more. The Lord will be your everlasting light, and your days of sorrow will end. So you see this in creation, you see this being spoken about prophetically through the prophet Isaiah, and now we see it showing up here as the Apostle John is being revealed these things by the Lord Jesus Christ, and and in verse 5 of Revelation 22, so if you want to go back to this passage again, it says, there will be no more night there, no need for lamps or sun, for the Lord God will shine on them, and they will reign Forever and ever. You think about this Christmas story, how the light of the world came to this earth. I mean, just doesn't that fill you with awe and wonder that this child that was looking back at Mary, he's like, I'm eternal. I'm your creator. I'm the light of the world. I've come into this world so that people can spend eternity with me and I can shine on them forever. This is not an ordinary babe. This is the everlasting light. And you see Jesus' words here in Revelation 22, verse 7. This is our get ready. Verse Right here, he says, look, I am coming soon. Now, you think about this. When this was penned, we're talking approximately 2,000 years ago. And so it would be very easy for us to be like, well, soon, huh? (laughs) What's your definition of soon here, Jesus? But I believe that we see things that are fulfilled in the birth of Christ, things that were prophesied about, and there's things that are prophesied about regarding our future. And regardless of when it happens, I believe the day is coming. And it's coming because Jesus says it's coming. And if Jesus says it's coming soon, then it would do well for me to listen to what he says and be ready. And he says, look, I'm coming soon. He says, blessed are those who obey the words of prophecy that are written in this book. This day is coming. Are you ready for this day? A couple ways to consider that. Are you living in obedience to the word of God? This light demands our attention. It demands our obedience. Are we living in obedience to Jesus Christ? Are we ready? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? Are you ready for that day? To take things a step further as far as being prepared, the Apostle Paul, who we covered in week two of this series, 
You know, this is a guy in opposition to the Lord. He sees the light. He comes to faith in Christ, and God uses him in a powerful way. And he has this kind of a mentor relationship with this guy named Timothy. Timothy was a pastor of a church, and the Apostle Paul is writing him letters to encourage him, to instruct him as a pastor. And we see here in 1 Timothy chapter 6, we get to look at a letter that the Apostle Paul wrote to Timothy, but it's the Scripture's for us, we would do well to pay attention to these things. Listen to the Apostle Paul's word to Timothy and consider the Apostle Paul's testimony as we walk through this passage. First Timothy 6, starting here in verse 11. He says, but you, man of God, flee from all this. He's talking about things prior to this that are just evil and dark. He says, instead, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith love, endurance, and gentleness. He says, fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. In the sight of God who gives light to everything and of Christ Jesus, who while testifying before Pontius Pilate made the good confession, I charge you to keep this command without spot or blame until the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ, which God will bring about in his own time. God, the blessed and only ruler, the King of kings and Lord of lords, who alone is immortal and who lives in unapproachable light, whom no one has seen or can see. To him be honor and might forever. Amen. You know, I was talking with somebody about this series, The Light of the World, and a question came to me through this conversation. How would you describe God's light to someone? And it's like, I don't think I can fully describe that. How many of you have ever, I don't recommend this, but I'll just throw this out there, have just spent time staring directly into the sun? Probably not a good idea. We know it shines. We know it's big. We know it's bright. We know it's furious in its heat. And yet we we can't fully describe it in its entirety. And to even look upon it, we can't even make it out with our human eyes. And here, the Apostle Paul, who has seen the Lord Jesus Christ in his vision on his way to Damascus, he's saying, hey, he lives in unapproachable light. And he goes, and no one has ever seen or can see. So I'm guessing that the vision that the Apostle Paul had, it was so bright, he couldn't make out what it was he was looking at. But he's just like, this is just so intense. And he lost his sight. This unapproachable light. But how many of you are thankful that this unapproachable light comes to us? Right? He came to us so that we could live in his light. And we consider the intensity of the brightness that's being described here in all of its glory. You think of that mountaintop experience when Jesus was transfigured before a few of these individuals that were up on this hilltop. And it was like the glory was shining and, I mean, we're falling down. Like that kind of stuff is going on. 
and you consider what it's going to be like when you stand before your creator. We can only imagine what that's going to be like, but there's a part of me that it's like from what I see in Scripture, when I come to my creator, am I just going to fall on my face? And I, I just, it's so bright, I can't even imagine. Is that what it's going to be like? We can look at an individual and his account. We're walking through Revelation here. And when the Apostle John, at the very beginning in Revelation 1, he encounters Jesus Christ. Let's just take a look at what John's response is here in Revelation 1, starting in verse 16. Talking about Jesus He says, in his right hand he held seven stars, and coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword. His face was like the sun, shining in all its brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though dead. Then he placed his right hand on me and says, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and Hades. And then he says, write, therefore, what you've seen, what is now, and what will take place later. And then John begins to write down this book that we know as Revelation. But what an encounter. I mean, when Jesus showed up, John wasn't like, Running and a big old hug, you know, like, Jesus, it's been so long, man. I haven't seen you in a while. Like, boom, down he goes like a dead man. Do we grasp the magnitude of the light of the world? This is our king. This is Jesus. And if there's anything that I could say today that I think would be a good cap to 2023... And a good beginning to 2024. When you see how the Apostle Paul was transformed in the presence of Jesus. And how he's trying to share some things with his mentee. Timothy is like, hey, he's in an unapproachable light. And he's describing this to him. And then you see when the Apostle John encounters this light of Jesus Christ. He falls over like a dead man. Do we realize how awesome the light of the world is? And with that in mind, I look at Solomon and the book of Ecclesiastes when he sums up all of of the things he's gone through in life. And he says, "Here's, here's my summary statement. Fear God and obey his commands. Fear God. And obey his commands. Jesus says, look, I'm coming soon. It would go well for you to obey what I have said. But to get to that place of wanting to obey, to live in obedience, we also have to come to a place where we're going, God is awesome and I should obey him. I want to obey him. Fear God and obey His commands. If there's anything you get out of this series, if there's anything you get 
out of the message today. If there's anything you get from me in 2023, if there's anything that you may get from me in 2024, please hear me. Fear God and obey his commands. Fear God and obey his commands. I have one final point of application here. This is just considering what it is you might be navigating right now in your life. Perhaps you're walking with the Lord. Maybe you're not walking with the Lord. We'll settle that here in a moment. But maybe you're walking through some things that it's just very difficult. Perhaps it seems like you're walking in darkness. Perhaps it seems like uh, you're needing a breakthrough of, of God's light to just come in and minister to you and your situation and your circumstance. Perhaps there's someone that you know in your life that you wish would just be walking in the light of Christ, but they continue to walk in darkness. What area do you need God to shine his light on? We're going to pray for those things as we close in this time together. What is that? What is that circumstance? Maybe there's several that are on your heart here today. And I think we should go to the Lord and ask him to do miracles here today. Amen? Do you believe that this light of the world can shed light onto your circumstance? Do you believe that? Well, we're going to ask him to do that very thing. Would you bow your heads with me as we pray? Heavenly Father, I thank you for this time together in your word. Lord, to consider the magnitude of this child, Jesus, and what it is that he came to do, but even greater than that is who he is. The light of the world who's eternal. And one day, we're going to get to experience the fullness of the glory of God in a world that there's no longer the curse of sin. And we look forward to that day where there will be no more night. Lord, your words are clear. Only those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life will be able to live in this city called the New Jerusalem. And in this time of reflection, if there's someone right now that if you were to consider that book, the Lamb's book of life, and you were to simply ask yourself, is my name in that book? To get your name into that book, you must place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. You must ask for the forgiveness of your sin and receive him as your Lord and Savior. And if you desire that today, I want you to pray with me right now in your heart and say, Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sin. I need you to save me. Cleanse me. Give me a new heart. Come and live in my life. Thank you 
for being my Lord and Savior and redeeming me from sin and to also have the assurance that my name will be in the Lamb's book of life. Thank you for this gift today that I receive by grace through faith. And Father, for all of us, help us to be people who live fearing God, having an awe and reverence of the light of the world, and having a desire to live in response to who you are, Lord, with obedience to your word and the things you would desire to do in our hearts and lives. And Father, lastly, we also want to pray for miracles here in situations that people may be in, they they are walking through. Lord, there's need for provision, there's need for healing, there's need for reconciliation, there's many needs, Lord. And I pray right now, as we pray to the light of the world, I'm asking you to bring breakthroughs in each of these situations. And Lord, as you're moving, may we give all glory, honor, and praise to you. Lord, shed your light in these situations. We thank you. We believe, as we're praying right now, you are doing the supernatural. You are ministering to these situations, to these people, to these hearts. We thank you for this grace here today. In Jesus' name. Amen.